0: Something will shake you so much to your core that you will find a way out. And in that, you'll learn that feeling things is the only way really to heal, I think. Welcome to
1: Lessons in Love, where you'll hear stories from the heart. I'm Sara Moncrief. This week's guest is Nicole Brienne, one of the most kind and dynamic human beings I know. She's transformed her life through embracing feeling and trusting her intuition. Follow her to find sparkle and chase light. Nicole actually founded Lessons in Love with me, and I'm just so, so, so excited to have you here, like just beyond. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Um, my first question for you is, what is love?
0: Just really bringing it out, aren't you? Um, it's funny. I thought that you might ask something like this, given the title of the podcast. <laughs> but still, I I feel like coming up with an answer to such a loaded question is hard. Um, for me, I think love is wholeness. Mm. And that can be found in yourself obviously but it can be mirrored back to you through relationships and friendships and jobs but it's that feeling of feeling whole and trusting that you are enough and you are complete when you feel
1: broken how do you let love get mirrored back to you
0: Well, for me, I'm a very external processor, so I like (laughs) to... She laughs because she knows this is so true. Um, I talk about everything, and I really like to feel everything. I've never been someone who likes to numb things away. Um, And feeling like you're never alone is a good thing. So whether that's in talking to friends or finding something to relate to in like music or yoga or books. um, But that's been really important to me when I feel broken. It's like having empathy for others and knowing that they have empathy for you and that you're never alone is very comforting.
1: Mm -hmm. What has been your greatest lesson in love so far? I think my greatest lesson
0: in love, like many, came from a very broken place where you're forced to kind of face things And I remember feeling very alone and very lost. And I read a quote that is the quote I now send to everyone I know when they're going (laughs) through a hard time. Um, But it was something about how grief is really just love with no place to go. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time that I really learned that every feeling is actually just love, Mm -hmm. especially pain, um, because pain is really just, love that you're feeling but you can't put it where you're supposed to because maybe you're grieving the loss of a job or a loved one or a pet or a friend and you have all this love for them and you can't give it to them anymore and it bottles up inside you in the pit of your stomach and it wells up in your eyes and in your throat and if you can find a way to let it come out as love then you'll start to feel better and you'll be able to put yourself back together. But yeah, really just that every feeling is actually just love. Anxiety is just love because you care about something so much. It makes you anxious about it. Happiness is love. Um, Yeah, that was probably a big one for me was reminding myself that pain is actually just love. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, I think specifically with what I do, but in general, what I see is that people have a really hard time feeling how have you given yourself permission to feel?
0: well, I have never had a problem feeling. <laughs> I'm like that is news to me. <laughs> people have trouble feeling things um, I think people don't necessarily know how to express a feeling. Mm-hmm. I think we all feel feelings, but it's easier to like internalize it than to let it out. I think we're all gonna experience things in life that get thrown at us that force us to be so vulnerable even with ourselves that we have to find a way out, we have to find a way through our feelings and once you've kind of experienced something that forces you to, to process something and that can be that can be different for anyone that could be a mental breakdown, that could be some depression, that could be losing a career, losing a parent, going through a breakup. We're all gonna experience love and loss in our own way. And something will shake you so much to your core that you will find a way out. And in that, you'll learn that feeling things is the only way really to heal, I think. Mm. And learning that feelings are temporary, no matter what you're feeling, it's, it will always pass. So even if you think it's the worst thing you've ever felt, just trusting that it's going to enter your body and it will one at some point leave is, I guess, comforting because then you're allowing space for different feelings to enter you. And those ones might be like happy ones or joyful ones. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's how I treat feelings kind of like, I guess like a physical thing I'm doing a weird dance for those of you who are listening (laughs) about how feelings enter my body but yeah I think trusting that once a feeling has been felt and you've processed it is making room for something else is a nice thing it's kind of like cleaning up your house once you do like a big spring clean you're allowing space for new things and like new memories and feelings are kind of similar I just ranted. I'm sorry.
1: No, it's amazing. I, you know, you brought up the word vulnerability and you are definitely someone who, since we've connected really deeply, really fast, I realized has the capacity to go into a really vulnerable place. And I think that's part of the magic of being someone who honors feelings is that you have to be really vulnerable with yourself so you can connect deeply to others. Right. Like, With vulnerability, are there times that you feel like frustrated because you can go to that place and Mm -hmm. other people can't?
0: Yes, that's funny. You should say that. Um, Obviously, everyone has things that come a little easier to them. Being a hoarder is something that doesn't come. Well, it comes easily to me, but going through stuff (laughs) and throwing it away doesn't, uh, much to my boyfriend's Dismay. (laughs) dismay, Exactly. So so I've learned that for every strength someone has, that's not necessarily a strength for others. So while being vulnerable might come more easily to me, um, I have to remember that everyone's kind of on their own journey. And what might seem easy to me is actually someone feeling very vulnerable at their place in their journey. And so I have to sort of honor that. Um, But I think the thing about vulnerability is that it doesn't really ever get easy. And I think that's something that other people might struggle with me because they assume that because I go to that place more often that it's easy, but I still can feel really embarrassed after or, um, you know, wake up the next morning sort of with that vulnerability hangover. (laughs) So it kind of works both ways, but it is important for me to remember that everyone's sort of on their own journey and there's still places that I haven't. Delved into yet in my own vulnerability um, because it's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but I do sort of like that feeling, you know, that kind of weird, uncomfortable feeling. But you, you kind of like like to go there. So when I haven't felt yeah, when I haven't (laughs) felt vulnerable in a while, it's like picking off a scab or something, (laughs) which I also like to do. Um, I'm like, man, I need to like feel like vulnerable soon. Like, what's got something's got to like get in here. So yeah. But yes, that, that is true that I do sometimes get, not really frustrated, but just, I'm like, there's more in you. Like I know it's there, I just wanna help pull it out. So, it's a loving frustration, I guess. Mm-hmm.
1: How do you stay unapologetically you? I think it,
0: it helped that when I was younger, my parents and one of my best friends Um, Well, my parents really encouraged me to always be myself, which was nice, having that support from a young age. But I remember watching one of my best friends, Sonia, who, if you guys know anything about my life, you probably have heard about Sonia, but she somehow was able to carry herself through the awkward teenage years being vivacious and funny and loud. And when so many teenagers are like suppressing their you know, feelings because they don't want to stand out, she was confidently herself and that, and she always was a cheerleader of me and others doing the same thing. Um, but mostly now it's probably a support group of, um, friends, two of my best friends. We have a group chat called besties with no Fs given, um, as in like besties <laughs> who give no fucks. Um, and we're literally in there every day, just sharing things, cheering each other on about the littlest thing from like a new pair of shoes we bought to like really heavy things, relationship issues, personal crises. Like if someone were to read that thread, they could literally write some movie series or something. Um, But that's been a place that's had constant support of me being myself. And um, yeah, I mean, going through a really messy breakup in your life will always sort of teach you Force you to find yourself again. And I think, like, once you're somewhat comfortable with who you are, it's really hard not to just stay that way um, because you know that there are going to be people who love you exactly the way you are. And that's so much easier than constantly trying to be someone you're not. Mm-hmm. And I, I, people always say when you turn 30 that you just like stop worrying about what everyone thinks. And I'm like, as like a lifelong pleaser, I'm like, that will never be me. And now I'm 30 and I'm like, not everyone has to love me. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's not about me necessarily if someone doesn't like me, it's everyone's got their own things going on and it's not, it's not something I have to take so personally. Um, But I still usually still want everyone to like me, but it's a work in progress. Um, But yeah, I would say support from loved ones and just trusting that you are enough exactly the way you are, that feeling of wholeness that I mentioned earlier and feeling complete is, is a nice feeling. How have you learned to trust yourself
1: taking like what may or may not sometimes feel like an unbeaten path? Like in your own philosophies, you know, like how do you trust yourself along the way? A lot of inner
0: dialogue um, a lot of your help, yeah. um, I don't really know how other than your magic conversations and help with me, I don't know how I've really learned to trust my intuition, I think I just sort of started doing it, and now I, I can't avoid listening to my gut, um, obviously more recently with dating, i was new to the dating game like a year or so ago, a couple of years ago, and there were so many instances that myself and friends that I hear would talk about. Oh, well, like so and so hasn't texted me back; they must not like me. So and so, this. Well, they must. And we're we spend our whole lives making narratives based on other people's actions, and instead of putting ourselves in that other person's position and. And thinking like, well, it could actually also be this or it could be this. And we're, we live in this millennial age where we're, where we're used to such instant gratification that, mm-hmm. that as soon as someone does one little thing that we assume is about us, we just write them off completely. And so if you learn to trust your gut and not always... Basically, I try and always give people the benefit of the doubt and assume the best in them. And that also, that, A, makes life a lot easier for me because if you start giving people the benefit of the doubt, you realize not everyone's bad. They're just doing their best within their means. And, B, you learn that people usually are actually doing their best, and most of the time it's not actually about you. And if I hadn't trusted my gut about Lucas, who's my boyfriend, I probably wouldn't be living with him because there were so many times that I could have decided, Oh, this, you know, my friend, I, I literally hung out with him. <laughs> I hadn't even hung out with him. And I told Sarah that I, and my friends that I was going to like be with him forever. <laughs> and they were like, wow, you're r- ridiculous, but it's pro- you're probably right. You're pro- <laughs> that's what's crazy about all this is that you're probably right. And here we are. So I think like learning to trust, Your gut is just like anything else like swimming or jumping out of a plane or whatever is scary you just have to trust that it will work out and you just have to keep doing it and every time the voice will get a little bit louder and you'll it'll get a little bit easier but now no matter what i can't i can't not trust my gut and it will never lead you astray like if you make decisions purely with your head you can like hurt your heart in the process but if you always make decisions with your heart then no matter what you always have that and that's been really special to me
1: how do you deal when so much of human connection comes from when things aren't going well like talking about grievances or issues or like being vulnerable from that place how do you enable connection when things are really going fantastically is that a word
0: mm-hmm. I think so it is now <laughs> um, you know whatever you say becomes a real thing you're Sarah, so. um, I think that even when things are going fantastically we're still human and we're complex and I think that's one of the things that people are afraid to talk about is the complexity of one's being um, because we're not just like flat surface level people that that are experiencing like one emotion at a time. Um, And that's been a really big learning for me is that just because you're experiencing one thing doesn't mean there isn't space for other things. So you could be at like a party that's the best night of your life, but you could still feel really lonely or sad about the same party. There could be other reasons that you're feeling another way. And I just try and be really honest about that. And basically with anyone. If they ask me how I'm doing or whatever, I'm, I'm never the person that's like, oh, good, thanks. I'll always say, like, oh, really great, or, but also this. Um, and in doing so, I've learned that people are always feeling the same. Everyone is going through something even when their life can seem perfect even when their life might look perfect on social media or they have the best job and the best house and the best partner and all the best things, it's like they still have their struggles too. Mm -hmm. And they're often the people who are afraid to talk about it because on the outside, everything looks great. How could they be experiencing anything other than that? Um, I mean, I've always been a person that people open up to very easily, Um, but I'm sort of learning now that that's because I open up to people pretty easily and it makes them feel... Like, it's a safe space to do so. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably how I stay. Because even when things are fantastic, they're, they're never just that. There's always more to it. Mm-hmm. Layers. Lots of layers. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what's something that people don't know about you that you would like for them to know?
0: That I would like for them to know? I don't know. I feel like I'm such an open person. Like, is there anything that people don't know about me? I'm, I'm incredibly insecure <laughs> and I don't accept compliments well. Um, and I have a very deep rooted fear that the more someone knows me, the less they will like me. Mm-hmm. That's like my life lesson for myself that I have to keep work on every day. I know that I'm very likable from afar and like at at a far distance when you first meet me (laughs) and things like that I know I can crush the first impressions but I have like a deep fear that the more someone knows about me that the less they will like me Mm -hmm. and that's that's like stressful for me when when you love someone especially um
1: and with intimacy
0: yeah and I'm also actually a really shy person about a lot of things I I seem like really outgoing, but I'm actually a super anxious, shy person who worries so much about everyone else's feelings and feels everyone else's feelings so much that that's why I talk. I'll try and make everyone else feel so comfortable because I know what it feels like to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be something people wouldn't know about me. Do people really want to know much about me? I'm, I, feel like, I feel like I'm feel like i just an everyday gal, um, but yeah. No, I think you're pretty special. Well, that's very nice of you. See, I'm deflecting already. <laughs> I'm like, nope, nope. Next question. <laughs> no. Um, with
1: bringing up empathy, I know that's a huge component of who you are and a gift that you've developed. Have you been able to feel the downside of empathy? And if so, how do you deal with that? Hmm.
0: I don't necessarily feel like there is really a downside to empathy. Um, sometimes it can be frustrating, like people can still hurt me, but it's... Um, yeah, I guess it, the one downside would be that I have empathy for like murderers and, and criminals. My, like it's really hard for me to hate anyone, even when I, my mind knows so much that I should hate them. Um, I real even from when I was a kid, I would always feel really sad for like the bad guy in like the very obvious Disney movie that they're trying to teach you good from bad. Mm-hmm. And I think my mom used to probably think like, oh gosh, this girl like <laughs> is going to have a hard go at life if she's so concerned about the very clearly beastly bad guy and she's worried about his feelings. Um, yeah, I have a lot of trouble especially having some very, like, political activist friends, and I, and I totally understand and, like, rally for them, and I love learning and being challenged to be, like, a better person. But I still have empathy sometimes for the other side more than I should in certain situations. But mostly having empathy has been really nice because I feel very complete with every person i've been friends with or loved or dated and i don't have any bad feelings about basically anyone in my life because i've worked really hard to empathize with them and what they might have been going through and what their struggles are and that it's not actually about me like we all think everything's about us because we're the only ones living in our bodies but like it's not actually yeah it's yeah hopefully (laughs) sometimes i think there's a lot of people living in my body it gets really confusing in here um but i am actually the only one in there so yeah so i don't know empathy has really taught me a lot about like the human experience and just that you don't know what other people are going through and for the most part the story you make about someone who hurts you in your mind is a lot worse than what they're going through—it it wasn't ever actually meant to hurt you as much as you might have thought. But we live our lives without actually feeling the empathy, and, and then we just have all these bad feelings about people and situations that are probably mostly manifested by our, by us and our own thoughts, and and that's like unhealthy for us to carry that along with us. So if you if we all just like spent a little more time, and also I mean this came in part because. I'm like anyone, I can get frustrated when like the barista makes the wrong drink (laughs) or someone stops in front of me on the sidewalk and I can't get around or, you know, living in Toronto, there's so many little moments throughout the day that you have the choice whether or not you want to be annoyed. And the more I just took it, take a deep breath and I, and I don't make it about me, like these people just stop to say hello. They're not trying to be in my way. They're happy to see each other. And, yeah, the more you just try and put yourself in other people's places and trust that they're just doing their best. Shift perspective. Yeah, it really, it's like a daily mindful um, practice. It's like meditation in the streets, basically. And that has been really impactful for me in my, like, life and being able to heal from things. Do and, I mean, if, like, as you guys know, I went through a really crappy marriage ending and if you're able to forgive and, like, find empathy in someone who can hurt you in, in like, a really hard way, then really you should be able to find empathy for a everyone, complete stranger. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Family, <laughs> yeah. friends, anyone. So that's been, in, like, very important to me.
1: Do you feel like empathy has um, made it harder for you to let go? of, like, situations, of
0: people, things? Yes, probably. Um, the funny thing about my desire to keep things is that I don't really think things have meaning, but I attach someone's feelings to a lot of things. So if my mom bought me a shirt when she was in Europe five years ago, I feel bad getting rid of it even though my mom probably doesn't even remember that she bought it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, the personification yeah, of the item. <laughs> the personification of the item. If I got it for myself, there's no meaning, but when it's a when it's part of someone else's feelings and I I worry that somehow it could hurt their feelings or something. Mm-hmm. Um But yeah, I probably have trouble letting go of people. I have trouble letting go of everything. Mm-hmm. But that just comes also from caring about people and empathizing. And once you empathize with someone and you give them empathy and you realize that things are hard, everyone's going through things, it's harder to let go of anyone because start, people start sharing with you what they're going through, and then it's even harder to let go because you're more aware of what they're going through and you want to be there for them. So once you've gone like deep with someone emotionally, then, yeah, I'd say it's especially hard to let go.
1: I know that you do lots of different things. (laughs) And I'm always so curious, like when you're taking photographs of people or places or things, do you find that there's anything that you can like specifically bring out of a person, a space or a thing that you
0: can like capture through your Mm. photography? I think the main thing I try and do when I'm photographing is capturing a person the way that the world sees them Um, because almost everyone thinks oh I'm not photogenic I'm sorry this is going to be awful for you there's no not going to be any good pictures I'm going to hate them all oh I'm and they start listing all their flaws and they feel really uncomfortable and giving them the space to start feeling comfortable and letting them be themselves and giving them a a product that is a reflection of how we all see them in their natural, beautiful way. And that smile or that smirk or that look that they might not even realize they're doing, I think that's pretty special. Um, Because for that moment, it's just my camera and them and they're obviously feeling vulnerable, but they usually leave feeling a bit better, like, they feel like they... uh, Being a photographer is kind of what I imagine like a bartender or a hairdresser is because for whatever reason, someone's kind of feeling vulnerable. You feel vulnerable sometimes at the bar or when you're getting your hair done, someone's right there and they're a stranger, but you feel comfortable with them. And so you start to sort of share your life. I think a lot of times that happens as a photographer. People will just start opening up and saying, oh, I've never told anyone this before. And so in a sense, it's kind of like a little mini therapy session. Um, which is nice because then they also get to take home photographic evidence of their time spent together. But yeah, mostly it's just bringing out a side of them or letting the part out of them that is like truly them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I
1: love that. I need that. Let's
0: do it. <laughs> yeah. Anytime.
1: What would you say is the legacy that you want to live behind, leave behind?
0: I mean, obviously one of my those who know me know that my most important sort of like motto for myself is that kindness is a strength and that's something that took me a while to realize especially in like 2018 feminism we're sort of taught that you need to be tough and strong and you know mean almost to like work your way anywhere and it took me a while to learn that being kind to yourself is actually your greatest strength and that the way I'm kind to myself doesn't have to be the way that you are kind to yourself or anyone is kind to themselves, but as long as you stay kind to yourself that is your greatest strength that you can have and that showing kindness to others when you don't necessarily feel like they deserve it is, will always make you feel better at least for me. I find that finding the good, that you can always find good in every person or every situation. Sometimes you just really have to look for it or dig for it, but it's, it's always there. It's kind of like that saying, look for the helpers. Whenever there's a tragedy or something bad, there's always helpers. You just have to look for them. So I think that's kind of, I've had people sometimes reach out to me saying that they they forgave someone because of something they saw that I posted or wrote. And that's always like really special because, yeah, yeah I mean, you're forgiving someone because of something you heard me say or or do. And that's pretty like profound if, if even like one or two people decided to be kind and those people decide to be kind because of something they heard me do, then I already feel like my time here is complete, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Legacy
1: complete. Yeah. Check. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. How do people stay connected to you as you keep evolving on this path of kindness, empathy, intuition,
0: trust? Um, well, if you live in Parkdale, you'll probably see me walking <laughs> my dog. I run into everyone. My, I feel like my life is a great TV show. Um, but I also- love that
1: you said that. You're like the only person that's saying like, in person, flag me down on the no, side I- of the
0: street. I think <laughs> I went to a class on like a couple of days ago at nine in the morning. And I got home at like four <laughs> because... That Stop. led to a call and then I went to, I even saw Mark that day, but then I went <laughs> and had a coffee and then that coffee, I ran to someone else and then we went for brunch and then when we were walking home, I ran into another friend and then we had coffee and he came grocery shopping with Flo, me. That is slow, my friend. So basically, yes, come hang out in Parkdale, um, but otherwise I'm like anyone else and I have Instagram and a website with a blog that I keep meaning to write on more. What are they? Oh, Nicole Brienne, <laughs> B-R-E-A-N-N-E, which is also my website, nicolebrienne.com. Yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To find more information, follow along on my Instagram at Sarah underscore Moncrief or at my website, SarahMoncrief.com. Thank you.